Hello, everyone, and welcome to ClutchCast, a podcast created to guide and inspire student-athletes to reach their goals. My name is Dominic Prianti, and today our special guest is a speaker, educator, author, trainer, and CEO of the AIM High International Institute, Mr. Sherman Brown. Sherman, welcome to ClutchCast. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. How you doing? Oh, I'm all well, Dominic. I'm glad to be on. I feel like I'm on prime time. This is the, the right time, prime time here with ClutchCast. I'm excited. Thank you very much, Sherman. Thank you very much. You know, I- I'm very honored to have you for a friend now for a number of years. You've been a major influence for the for the birth of uh, Clutch Recruits with all the good stuff you do out there in the community. And I just want to thank you for that. And I want people to know that as well. What is your relationship with sports? Yeah, well, with sports, a uh, funny relationship, right? Uh, because I actually gave up on sports when I was younger, uh, but that's where it all started for me. Um, I, I give a lot of credit to my personal development, um, through my relationship with sports. Um, when I was younger, I was heavy into baseball. I played center field. And, uh, when I was playing center field at that time, I remember that was my only dream. I was going to go to major leagues and that's what I thought I was going to do. And, um, I was on the all star team in the U.S. Virgin Islands. And when I made the all-star team at the young age for Little League, I was excited. Um, we were taking a trip to Kentucky. And when we were going to Kentucky, I was so excited about going, you know, leaving from the islands, going to the United States. And when I got up there, we were playing the game. And I remember, Dominic, when the ball was hit to me, we were in the last inning. We were up by one. And a ball was hit to me in center field. And I thought this was going to be the game. It was over. And I made the error. I closed the glove too quickly. It dropped. And I remember it was like the most embarrassing moment of my life. Um, and I was young at that age. And when we lost that game, I remember just driving back on the bus, being very disappointed about the outcome, um, going back home to the Virgin Islands. And when we went back, you know, everybody looked at me like he was the one who lost it for us. And at that point in time, I really um, unfortunately gave up on my dream to even get go further into sports. And I think it's just because my mindset wasn't developed at the time to understand that failure is a part of the process. Mistakes is about a uh, part of the process. But um, from that moment, I said never again. Um, years later, I looked at it and I said, you know what? Giving up is not the right way to go. That's not something I would ever do again. Um, but that was my relationship with sports. And now I get the opportunity to speak with young people, um, to speak with teams that are, you know, striving to be champions and encouraging them to, to go out there make it happen, um, not worry about just giving it your best, but giving it your all, which is something that we don't do too often. But the best of the best, the greatest of the greatest in the sports industry, um, they give it their all. And that's what I encourage folks to do now. You know, Sherman, that that's a great story. And it's a great point. Give it your all. You know, a lot of people talk about that. And I heard you speak just for our clutch recruits and for anyone who's listening out there right now. How do you do that, though? Right. Because sometimes it's easier said than done. I mean, wh- how, what takes part in that process? Yeah, so so here's the thing. When it comes to turning on that switch where you give it your all, um, it's really about perspective, right? Uh, you know, we do things and a lot of times we say we want to accomplish things, but I think oftentimes we have a low IQ level. And when I'm talking about low IQ, I'm not talking about intelligence, but we have a low I quit level. Um, we, you know, we, we quit just because, you know, it didn't work out the way we wanted it to work out. We quit because somebody said something that was disparaging or discouraging to us. We find little reasons to quit. And a lot of times it's because our why isn't bigger than the excuses that come into our way. Um, and when I'm talking about 
about our why. Why are we doing this, right? Um, one of the things that, you know, when people get into sports, sometimes they think about the celebrity and the highlights. They don't think about the game in itself. And when you give your all to something, it's because you believe in it. You believe in what you do. You have such an enjoyment for it that you feel like this is necessary. It's more than a job or a game that you would get paid for. It's more about a calling that you were made for. Um, so, so really digging deep down and understanding why are you doing this? Why are you pursuing this sport? Why is it just for fun? Is it just for the highlights? Is it just for the glitz and glamour? Glamour, or is it for something that's much bigger? It's about inspiring others, doing more, um, and showing people what's possible through your life and how you live. And and turning on that switch is digging down deep within your why, figuring out your why, and that will turn on your switch. You say, you know what? Let me give it my all. I can't stop and or or have a low IQ level. I need to raise that um, to to the highest extent and keep on pushing. Yeah, that's so true, Sherman. It's so true. And uh, what we try to do here is try to give that confidence and try to give that extra, let's say, push to our student athletes at Clutch Recruits to actually not only do it on the field or on the court, but also to do it in the classroom. And we think that's so important, just as important as sports. Sherman, you mentioned before you talked to a lot of youth out there, and not only, just to get people to know your company a little bit better, right? Can you talk to us a little bit about uh, AIM High International and all the good stuff that it's doing in schools, communities across the city? And the impact that it's having? Yeah, absolutely. So Aim High International was actually birthed out of this thought, right, that every young man deserves to have M&Ms. And when I say M&Ms, I'm not talking, Dominic, about the bite-sized candy, even though I like those as well. But uh, at Aim High, we believe that you need M&Ms, mentors and models. And the reason for that is because when you have a mentor and a model, that person could give you M&Ms, which are the methods that work for them to become successful and the mistakes you need to avoid. I am the result of people who took time to mentor me. And and some of the things that I've learned um, as a, a Allowed me to expedite my process. So we started this company, Aim High International, all set with the goal to connect young men and young women and young people with the mentors and models that could help them take their life to a completely different level. And so that they could arise and raise their ambition. The A, the I is the inspiration and the M is the motivation, their aim keeping that aim very high. And that's why we started the company. And right now we operate on 10 school campuses throughout New York City. We have about 435 students across these campuses who are being empowered day by day. Um, and in addition to that, we have our local events that we do um, in which we are empowering thousands of students, um, connecting them with mentors and models and showing them that they could you know, they could transcend their environment and it doesn't matter where you come from or what you've been through. Geography doesn't determine biography and we're helping our students write a new story for their lives and for their families' lives. Yeah. And you know what I see from your website? And of course, I know you're not only involved with students, but you also help so many other people in the workforce. And uh, I know you're involved with so many other agencies. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. So AIMI is really at the forefront of helping people stir that ambition, inspiration, and motivation no matter where you are. So while we have a lot of programs for young people and we're molding and training them, we also work with corporate entities. We also work with nonprofits. Um, we've done a lot of work with government institutions. Um, and again, just really helping them with that peak performance. We believe in AIM High. We want to help everybody to, to get their MAPS straight. And the MAPS is really an acronym, M-A-P-P-S, their mental academic, personal, professional, and social outcomes. We want them to get that straight. 
to know where they're going. So whatever organization we're working with, um, it might just be on mental health. You know, if we're working with some youth in a foster home, but then we might go to a corporate entity and work with them on professional development. And for some, they come to our events for personal growth, where we provide them, you know, with the skill sets and the strategies to, to improve themselves personally and to master themselves. Or it could just be for a social cause where, you know what, I want to improve my community, improve my neighborhood, and AMI is there to help with that. So we're helping people to improve their maps, again, their mental, academic, personal, professional, and social outcomes. And that's happening from the corporate level down to the youth level as well. You know what? I know uh, directly that you are actually out there in the forefront of this movement. You don't just stay in an office and try to schedule things. I see you on, I've seen you on stage. I see you actually, you know, connect with uh, students one-on-one. You've taken on this great mission, right, to make a difference in so many people's lives, right, in so many different ways, actually, with your speeches, your mentoring, uh, as a trainer, as an author, that we'll get to that as too, uh, too as well. Uh, but you also had the opportunity to be a college professor. What is the common theme between all these different methods and the impact that all these different types of, uh, you know, on all these different types of people from different backgrounds and different age groups? You know, what is that common theme, Sherman? Yeah, well, I think the common theme about all of them is that everybody wants to to make progress, right? Um, you know, many times we're talking about the goal and we see the goal as a prize. But the reality of a life and every area that I've worked with, people want to make progress. People want to get better. And sometimes they don't know how to get better. Sometimes they're distracted by the glitz and the glamour and everything else that's out there. Um, I, but the common theme is, is that people want to get better. People want to make progress. And at Aim High and with everything that I do as a college professor, you know, working with young people working with adults what we want what we want to see is people make progress so in order for for them to make progress they have to understand that they're going to go through pain through the pain of the process and that's what happens to everyone there's a process you go through and growth is not something that happens overnight growth is not something that is revolutionary it's evolutionary it takes time but all of us as we evolve we get to make progress so whether you are pursuing a college degree it's because you want to you know develop yourself academically if you're trying to get your money better and and get your finances right it's because you want to be in a better place you know as it relates to your personal finances so amongst all these different areas no matter what it is what i found as a common theme is that everybody wants to make progress and aim high is it's in the business of doing that we don't don't believe that perfection is possible. You always have the chance to get better. The, better. the biggest room in the world is a room for improvement. So we believe that progress is better than perfection any day of the week. And as long as you continue to make progress, you will feel alive. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one of the common themes I know that when that doesn't happen or when you don't try and then it's too late is actually regret. And that takes me to your book, which is one of the most powerful books that I ever read. Uh, can you give us a little taste of that? Yes, yes. Uh, thank you for bringing it up. Um, but yes, this book, and when, when most people hear the name Dominate, they get a little confused. Um, I wrote the book, uh, in 2018 called Overcoming Dreamicide. And Dreamicide is the intentional or unintentional killing of your dream. You know, most people have a dream, something that they want to accomplish. You think about it when they're young. Um, as they get older, sometimes they're thinking about it, but it starts to fade away. And sometimes they put that dream to the side until it subsides. In essence, they commit dreamicide. Um, and they let that dream die and they don't don't even recognize it. And really, the, the whole inspiration behind the book um, actually came out of the fact uh, that my grandmother back on October 25th, 2011 was the last time I was able to talk to her. 
She was in Mount Sinai Hospital, Dominic. And when I went to see her, she was lying down there. She had something called cirrhosis of the liver, an abnormal liver condition. And sometimes you get that if you, you know, if you drink, you drink alcohol. My grandmother didn't do that. So no one knew how she was able to come down with cirrhosis of the liver. But when I was with her in the hospital, Dominic, and on that last day when um, I was there with her, I was trying to talk to her, trying to make her smile, you know, trying to see if I could keep her in good spirits, uh, even though the doctors told her that she only had a short amount of time to live. And what bothered me, Dominic, was that every time I would talk to my grandmother and every time I would try to cheer her up, the only thing she kept on talking about was all the things she could have done, should have done and would have done if she had more time. And Dominic, on that day, she taught me the most incredible lesson of my life that most people don't try to live until they're about to die. You see, what bothered me about my grandmother's death was because in my heart, I felt like she was dead before she died because she had all these dreams that she wanted to accomplish, but she was so busy doing what she needed to do to make an honest living that she wasn't honestly living. She was just getting by. So in essence, my grandmother, to me, committed dreamicide. And at that point in time when she died, I remember, um, you know, that last time when I spoke to her in the hospital, I said to myself, you know what? I think what happened with my grandmother here, and I'm sorry it happened to her, but I don't think anyone should live like this. She was actually the birth of AIM High because after going through that with my grandmother, October 25th, 2011, when she passed away, January 1st, 2012 is when I started doing AIM High Insights, the video series. And the compilation of lessons that I taught in AIM High Insights over those years is what gave birth to the book, Overcoming Dreamicide. So again, the book is really designed to help people develop the mindset, how to think, the methods, what to do, and the metrics, how to measure, to execute your goals and keep your dreams alive. Again, that's the mindset, methods, and metrics to execute your goals and keep your dreams alive while you are here on this earth. Yeah, that, that was a very successful video series I remember on uh, YouTube. Uh, is it still out there? Yes, we have uh, about 200 videos that's still there on YouTube. Uh, we just allow that to run. We actually have incorporated those videos uh, in the courses that we have. So uh, the AMI curriculum that we run with all the schools that we're working, those videos are actually a part of, of, of that curriculum. Um, and again, those videos are really designed to help students and all who watch uh, keep their ambition, inspiration and motivation high. Yeah, you, you know, you in this scenario here, you talked about, you know, opportunities. We we actually encourage our clutch recruits to go out there and, you know, generate and create opportunities on, on their own instead of just waiting, you know, being proactive. How important is that? Oh, man, it's 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 ultimately important. Right. Um, we're, Unfortunately, we're in a day and age where many people feel entitled. They think that things should come to them. Um, but, you know, Dominic, when I came up here from the U.S. Virgin Islands, um, I was excited and pumped to come to New York City. And the reason for that is because when you're coming from the islands, you think that the money, you know, grows off the trees and the streets are paved with gold. Um, but when I came up here, I recognized, man, that while, you know, I was in New York City, it wasn't that. Right. And if I wanted more, I had to be willing to do more. And one of the things that I looked at when I looked at the United States of America and this country that we're in is that it's like a restaurant. And in this restaurant, Dominic, they serve the food buffet style, which means you could get up and eat as much as you want to eat. You could eat as much as you want to eat, become financially obese. You could go out there and kill the game if you want to. Right. Um, and there's some people who are up here and, and they eat a whole lot. They see opportunity. They go for it. They keep on eating. They keep on picking up. But then there's those who sit down there and they're struggling. And Dominic, the only reason they're struggling is because you're in this restaurant that serves the food buffet style, but you're sitting down waiting to be served. 
and no one is coming around to serve you. So for young people, I tell them it's so important. You must understand that no one's coming to just give it to you. You got to get up. And if you want to eat, go to that table and get your food. If you want to get to that college, go and reach out. If you want to, you know, get on that sports team, reach out to the coaches. Do what you need to do because no one is coming to serve you. But when you put yourself out there, you will eat and it requires you to take the action. And don't get to the point where you say, oh man, I got too much on my plate because I often tell people, don't complain about having too much on your plate when the goal was to eat. And if the goal is to eat, you got to get up and go out there and make it happen. Yeah, actually, as you know, besides the academic and athletic support, we try to uh, find internship opportunities just for that purpose, right? We try to get them out there in the real world and, and get to explore it. What else can you tell a young man or woman they want to build their resume and uh, how do they do that, you know, to create their own personal brand and just, you know, be proactive and, and do all that to, for a purpose? What can we tell them? Yeah, absolutely. Look, here's the thing, especially for young people. And this is what I talk to all my young people about as well. You are in a prime time in your life. You are in a time where you could ask for favors and people will do it for you because you're cute, because you're young, right? And when you step up and you say, hey, I want to help, I want to volunteer, or I want to learn, people will open up the doors for you. You see, when you get to your 20s and you get to your 30s, you know, people look at you and they're like, okay, you're an adult now. You should have had it figured out. But when you're a young person, you have the opportunity to do that right now. So what I try to tell all of our young people is don't be afraid to ask. A-S-K, meaning to actively seek knowledge. And the way that you could actively seek knowledge is by gaining more information, right? Uh, learning more, using the technology to watch YouTube and listen to podcasts and stuff like that and get that information. But also ask for the information from people who've already done it. I believe wholeheartedly, right, that if you want to get to, 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 to someplace in life, look at somebody who's already went that down that road and then try, try to follow the path that they went through. Maybe not the exact path. It might be a little different, but if they've already gotten there, they could show you how to expedite your process to get there. So be willing to ask, be willing to reach out. And when you do that, you naturally start to build a brand for yourself because people see you as being proactive as taking the actions, as somebody who takes initiative. And that's what we admire in society. Every person who we admire right now, when we look at their backstory, we look at them coming from, 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 from the story to glory. And the story was often the times where they had to go out there and do extra to do what most people weren't willing to do so that they could get what most people don't have. And the way that they were able to do that is by asking, actively seeking knowledge, connecting to the right people to make that happen. And I believe if young people start doing that now, you start to build a reputation for yourself as somebody who's proactive, who takes actions and who make things happen. Yeah. And you know, you're absolutely right. We tell also our clutch recruits again, you'll be surprised if you ask for help and you're really willing to put in the work, people are always willing to help you. It's very rare that somebody will not open their door for you. But you know, when people hear our name, clutch recruits, they think exclusively sports. That's one of the issues that we're having right now. While we have amazing coaches and trainers, you know, for sports programs, we also promote education heavily. Uh, you know, you and Dr. Wright, which I actually want to give a shout out right now, hold various degrees. How important is education in today's world and what difference can it make in a student athlete's life? Oh, yeah. Let me give you the words of my grandmother, my late grandmother. She said this, education is the preparation for elevation. 
Let me say that again. Education is the preparation for elevation. Hold on, you let see me write that things? down, Sherman. Oh yeah, yeah. Make make sure we get that bar down right away. You know, so 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 here's the reason why that's so important. And for young people, I tell them, you know, school seems like a drag, right? And it seems like oh, I have to go through this, and I just want to get by. And I and I, I tell my daughter it as well, right? There's skills that you're gonna get at the school level that you wouldn't have gotten if you weren't in that formal environment to develop those skills. And then there's also the discipline to be able to do what you don't want to do because that's what life is about. It's about doing the things that you don't want to do and pushing yourself to learn more, to grow more and to become uncomfortable. So part of the reason why young people don't really care for school, because they're like, I don't see the connection between what I'm doing in school and what it's going to do for my life. And the reality is education is that preparation for elevation because you learn discipline, you develop, you know, determination, uh, you know, and, and, and you develop the drive to push through even when you don't want to. So education will teach you some things. It will expose you to some things and more importantly it will help you to learn how you learn again let me say that education will help you to learn how you learn you know when you're going through school you're meeting all types of different teachers all types of different people some people will teach and they will be more visual others will teach and they will speak more and that will be auditory then there's some who will have you reading and writing and then there's some who will teach you using a kinesthetic style meaning you having you involved and when you understand your learning style they call it VARK V-A-R-K visual uh, auditory reading writing and kinesthetic when you know your learning style, it prepares you for any environment that you go to because now you know how you're able to grow. I'm a person, I like to listen. I learned when I was in school that, you know what, I could remember what the teacher said, even if I didn't remember everything that they wrote. So what happens now, I'm an adult now, and Dominic, at this point, I don't read a lot of books physically. I listen to them through audio because it goes into my mind and it sticks there better. So School will help you to learn how you learn. And when you learn how you learn, you could go out there and learn and earn at the same time uh, with the process. So education is the preparation for elevation. you got to take advantage of it because you have the chance to do it right here, right now. Absolutely. You know, Sherman, you, you speak about your story about um, coming here from the Virgin Islands. I'm first generation here. My parents uh, came from Italy. Uh, they didn't speak the language well. I had no support, you know, growing up in terms of uh, homework help and all that other stuff at home. I had to seek it on my own, you know, through friends, through the school. How can we help parents nowadays? Because they're also involved in this college process. And trust me, I've been through it three times, and it's not that easy sometimes, right? How can we help parents, you think, in this process? Yeah, so 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 to help parents is essential, right? Um, Just to give you some background on what we do with Aim High, uh, Dr. Wright, work with me who we gave a shout out a while ago um he did a study um when we were starting aim high and we were trying to see what were the things that increased the likelihood of young men and young women becoming successful and we created a formula right called f-e-m-c square f-e-m-c square the first part of that formula was the f-e family engagement it's such an essential part and you see it's hard for you to carry people further than you've been. And therefore, if you haven't done it, let's say for parents in this case, let's say you didn't go to college, you didn't get recruited from, you know, from some top, uh, you know, university or whatever the case may be. Here's the thing. It still requires you to be engaged. And the way that you get engaged is by getting educated, by learning the process. Every school in the country, college, right, they are willing and they want you to know the process. And here's the reason why. As much as they're trying to recruit your son or your daughter, they're trying to recruit you because they know that you've played a greater role in your child's life than they could ever play. 
So they know they have to curry favor to you. So you as a parent got to be willing to ask the question, gain the knowledge and take advantage of your position. Your position as a parent makes them not just want to get your son or your daughter, but they want to get you. And therefore, whatever you ask, they'll be willing to answer so that you could learn the process. And it's not easy. It's not easy. And that's why sometimes you can't just do it by yourself. In Aim High, we try to create a family amongst the families. Why? Because there's some families who are more experienced in the process. And we tell them, look, come together and share with the families who don't know. We also provide them workshops and different events that they could attend where they could learn about the whole process. And if parents right want to see the right results, they got to be willing to come out. So we're not telling you to tell your child, go out there and be their best when you're not being your best where you are. And part of how you could be your best and your best as a parent is to make sure that you find the information and that you don't just hear the information, that you actually apply it and make it happen. So I think if they attend events, if they understand the role and be willing to ask because of the fact that these institutions are willing to give the information to them, they'll find that they have much more leverage than they even know. Yeah, you know, in this COVID world, while we have our Zoom meetings, we always have our doors open for parents to come in and ask questions. Uh, I think it's just so important. At the end, they'll be also the ones, you know, uh, paying the bill. So it's just so important for them to yeah. understand what, what their children are getting to, right? Another thing that we talk about with the student-athletes and with the parents itself, themselves, because students can't just rely on parents. We have teachers, guidance counselors, you know, uh, organizations like yours, organizations like mine, is to create a uh, support system, right? Create their own network. We tell them, though, hey, we'll guide you, but we won't drive you, right? We still want the student-athletes mm. to drive the process, but at the same time, we'll guide you step-by-step, step, right? Sometimes we get the question, it's easy for you to say, how do I create that support system, right? How do I create my network? What's your advice on that? Yeah. So uh, first of all, I'm going to write down that bar that you just said, right? We'll guide you, but we won't try. I love that, right? Um, yeah. And they got to understand that, right? You are ways, right? You are, well, back in their day, would be MapQuest, right? You're there to give them the guidance, but they got to drive the car in order to get there. So, you know, a lot of times, right, when it comes to uh, engaging parents, I believe in the importance of, of building community, right? Our pull to parents is often trying to figure out how could we feed them in an area that they need to be fed, that they want to be fed, um, but that would, that, that they could get some of that from our community as well. So for example, all parents want to do better with money. They want to do better with money. They want to do better for themselves. Our way of engaging parents is oftentimes telling them, look, we're bringing in somebody who's going to talk to you about finances. You learn about retirement. You learn about how to reduce your taxes. Is that something that you're interested in? Right. You learn about how to find multiple streams of income. We'll show you how to be able to make manage, multiply, and master your money. That is usually the pulling. You see, once we feed them with that, they see the practicality of how that's going to apply to them. While they get that information, we then talk to them about the importance of understanding, right, this whole process and college and all of these different things, because now you fed them not just at the level that you work with their students, but you fed them at the level of what they need as well. And that's why AIM High has expanded to not just work with the students, but to also work with the families, because we recognize that if we could wheel the family in, now you have a whole family, a whole community that's saying, you know what, we were fed in the areas that we really need, and now we are are also able to feed our children by having this knowledge, being armed with this knowledge and being able to put it out there. So again, sometimes you got to figure out what is the, what is going to be the bait, right? To be able to pull them in. And once they're in, then you give them the rest of the knowledge. You know, at the end of the day, like I said, everybody wants to make progress. 
everybody wants to make progress. And as an organization, that's what we have to think about. How could we help everybody make progress and not them see what they're doing as something separate from them? You know, sometimes they see it as doing it for their child and they don't see it as doing it for them. Well, if, if, if clutch recruits could give them the opportunity to be fed for themselves and then show them how that ties to them feeding their child, um, I think that would raise the level of excitement. Absolutely. And, and you know, we, we, we'll be happy to work with you guys as well. I mean, eventually, as soon as we could get something going, as soon as this pandemic also you know, allows us to work a little bit more freely. We, we speak about process, right? We speak about goals. We speak about uh, having a plan, right? You can't just have a goal without a plan. We also talk about negativity, which I usually don't like to talk about, but it is true. How do we keep negative influences out of our lives, especially for student athletes that are trying to reach a goal? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's such an important topic, you know, Dominic. Um, negativity, right? Uh, just negativity and being around negative, negative people has killed many more dreams than failure ever could. Just being around negative, uh, the wrong influences and negative people. So one of the things that, especially when it comes to student athletes, right, we are in a day and age where being impressive um, is at the forefront of our minds. We want to be verified on Instagram. We want to look like as if we have it all together. And um, sometimes in order to fit into a crowd, you'll see young people doing what they need to do to fit in. Um, they, 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 they do it similar to Tetris, right? Where they try to fit into every corner they could fit into so that they could be accepted. But they don't recognize that Tetris, the game, also taught you an important lesson in life. The quicker you fit in is the quicker you disappear. That's so true. That's the so quicker true. you fit in is the quicker you disappear. And that's what we got to break out of the minds and the hearts and the souls of our young people. Stop trying to fit in. And if you are fitting into a negative crowd, you are going to get negative results. I give you the example. One of the things that I talk about with people all the time, especially young people, I say, what do you want? Like, you want to make money when you get older? Absolutely. I want to make money. So who's in your circle right now? Any of the people in your circle make money? Now we all trying to make money. Well, guess what? If you're hanging with four broke people, it's only because you're the fifth one. And if you hang with wealthy people, you become the next one. So where do you want to spend your time? Where do you want to spend your energy with people who are negative, people who are, and, and again, using broke as just an example, that's just an example. It's not saying it's, you know, you right. shouldn't be around people right. who aren't doing well, but it's to make the point that you want to surround yourself with the people who are going in the same direction as you or who are already further ahead than you so that you could learn from them and that you could grow with them. Most of the times, those negative people that you're trying to impress on the block, Right. I'm trying to impress on Instagram and all of those things. They are not any place near where you're trying to be. They may clap for the moment and they're with you. They say victory has many fathers, but defeat is an orphan. Victory has many fathers when you're doing good. Everybody's around, but defeat is an orphan. And what we found is a lot of our young people, they get deserted the minute that things go wrong. So surround yourself with positive people, people who are moving in that positive direction and don't let them guilt you to mediocrity. I'll give you one little story. I went back to the Virgin Islands and it was this place that we used to hang out called the bandstand. And at the bandstand, a lot of people used to hang out there when we were younger. That's where we spent a lot of our time and what was going on there. People would be smoking, people would be drinking, you know, not really doing much. And I remember when I went back home to visit Dominic and I went and I passed by the bandstand. I saw some of the same people who I used to hang out with back in the day sitting down there. They came to me to talk to me. Hey, Sherman, come over here and hang out. I'm like, no, I got to go. Can't stay here. It's good seeing you guys. Kept it going. One of the guys said to me, Dominic, he said, he said, Sherman, you went away to the States. You came back and all of a sudden you acting different now. You, it seems to us like, like you're acting like you got rich and switched. And they said, I don't like how the fact that you came back here now and now you can't even stick with us and you left us behind. 
And I had to tell my good friend at that point in time, I had to look at him straight in the eyes, Dominic, and said, my friend, I never left you behind. I left you where you were comfortable. You see, I wasn't comfortable with poverty. I wasn't comfortable with mediocrity. I wasn't comfortable with remaining there. And I surrounded myself with people who were going in a different direction and it changed my life. So young people have to understand, surround yourself with people who are going in the direction that's positive uh, because negative people will kill your dreams. Absolutely. You know, Sherman, you, you mentioned a couple of times uh, Instagram. We spoke about your YouTube channel before. You have an amazing website. You're on all these different uh, social platforms, self-promotion and social media. What is the best way of using it and what definitely is not the right way to use it? Yeah, so I think I think social media, the best way to use it is to use it to tell the story of where you are and where you want to be, right? Um, if you look at my social media pages, uh, it's only two things that you really see. You see things that promote what I do, meaning my business and my calling, and you see things that might talk about my family, right? Um, so, you know, on my page, you go to my page, you only see my family or things that's related to motivation and growth and stuff like that. A lot of my business that I have right now, you know, Dominic, has been because somebody saw what I had on my page. And that's why it's so important for young people to understand that the way you use social media, let it reflect who you want to become and what you're trying to achieve. And the reason for that is because if, and let's use the sports analogy, for example, and I know you guys don't only do sports, but, but if you are trying to get into sports, you don't want a recruiter or somebody going to your page and see you drinking. You look like you would be a liability. Right. See you wiling out, see you smoking, see you showing that you got a lot of money. Okay, well, if you got money, you don't need a deal then. You don't need to be recruited. You're good. Right. So so show the images, use it to 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 give the picture of what you where you are and where you're trying to be. Um and and all the other stuff, you gotta put that stuff on the side. It is a great tool. It is a great tool for that. And you gotta understand that every time you put something online, you leave that digital, that digital fingerprint there. And you might not think everybody could see it, but at some point in time, somebody may find it and find it. It might be an old post. You know, we're in a day and age where cancel culture is huge. Cancel culture is huge. And somebody will look at something you said, you know, from 10 years ago and use it against you right now. And it's unfortunate. You know, I don't necessarily agree with, you know, chastising people or canceling them for things that they did, you know, or said in the past, especially if they've evolved over time. But it's just the reality of the world that we live in. So use it to make progress and not regress yourself by putting things that are disparaging and that are not moving in the direction of where you're trying to go. Absolutely. And you know what? On, on that point, too, I mean, just like we look at other people's pages, uh, college coaches are, are constantly looking to see who will they bring into their program. And you know what? While everybody agrees that they all want, you know, a, a great athlete. Right. But what everybody really agrees on is that it all, they all want great kids. They all want great student athletes yeah. to have in their program. It's the last thing that anyone wants is really have any problems of any any type. Uh, you know, absolutely. I, and if I could just add yeah, into absolutely. that, Dominic, the other part of it too is that for the careers that some of these young people are looking for, you got to keep in mind that's gonna they're gonna go back to that as well. People will see it. I'll give you an example. When I when I was teaching at the college, I taught uh, in the criminal justice department. And I remember all these students who would be in there and, and, and students who would tell me, Hey, you know what? I, I want to be a police officer, but your social media shows you with gang signs up. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and, and now some of them lost opportunities because they went and checked their social media and saw problematic things there. So you got to understand just like recruiters are going to look on your social media page, right? They, they, you know, it's the same thing with, with the job market. They're going to look at what you have. They're going to see it. And when they find it, it's going to be problematic. And and at that point in time, 
nobody wants to hear your excuse because at the crime scene of every dead dream, the easiest evidence to find is an excuse, a reason why you did it, a reason why that was there. And nobody will give you a trophy for the creativity of your excuses. Oh, Sherman, I love that, man. I'm, I'm still writing down, right? I'm trying to catch up with this. You know, th- th- this pandemic is, I mean, it's already hard uh, enough to get into a college of your dreams, get into a college that you really want to go to and play sports. The process could be expensive. You know, uh, there are different things that come into play, not only, you know, from an athletic standpoint in terms of showcases and things of that sort, but, you know, tutoring and test prep. You know, so the process can be really expensive, and that's why, you know, we try to make a difference in offering these things to our student-athletes. Uh, but what would you tell someone that's a little discouraged nowadays? Because the pandemic really does not make this all this easier, right? Because you can't really visit colleges anymore. You know, uh, getting help live is impossible. Everything's being done online, even from a public school standpoint or even a lot of private schools as well. How can we keep these kids encouraged? Yeah. So, so, so to keep our kids encouraged, let me begin by saying this. I want to be in this statement. I want to be considerate, but I also want to be candid. And then I want to be constructive. Let me do that very quickly. One, I want to be considerate to the fact that we have not faced this in our lifetime. This is the first time that we've ever faced anything like this. So let me be considerate to that point that everyone is, is, is in a situation right now. Um, some have it worse than others. I put it this way. I say we're all in the same storm, but we're not all on the same boat. Some people are feeling this rockiness even harder than others. So I want to be considerate to that. But let me also be candid, right? This pandemic and this situation could be a lesson for each and every one of us. You know, there was a point in time where we could go out and we could be amongst people and we could shake hands and give hugs and do all of those things that we want to do right now. We had a a time where we could do that. And then at some point in time, we were taking that for granted. And let's be very candid about it, right? I hear some students say right now, hey, man, I can't wait to get back to school. And I say, yes, I'm glad that you can't wait to get back to school. But you got to take advantage when you are in school and don't wait until you don't have it to then say how much you want it. Right. So let's be candid about it and say, look, this should teach us something, right? That every opportunity we have, let's take advantage of it. Let's take advantage of every moment. Now, let me be constructive of it. To be constructive now is to say, yeah, I am in this situation right now. This is the reality of what we're facing. And now I have to think about things at a different level. I know you might be discouraged. I know you might feel uncomfortable. But this is your time now to say, you know what? While people are home, while people are sitting down, while people are locked in, I could do way more outreach. I could do much more game planning, trying to figure out where I'm going. Use the time wisely because the worst thing that we could do as individuals is to talk about all the things that we would do with what we don't have without maximizing what we can do with what we do have. And what you have right now, in many instances, no, you can't be out as much, but you have some time now. You have a little more time while you're home. You have a little more time to do research and educate yourself. And you should be thinking to yourself, for every young person who hears this, I want to make sure that at the end of this pandemic, I come out better than how I went in. I want to come out better than how I went in. And I could do that by increasing my knowledge, increasing my skill sets and making more connections, whether it be virtually, because now people don't have to give me the excuse that I can't meet with you. Well, I could reach out to people and I could take advantage of this time right now. We all have to shift. We all have to change. We got to be considerate that some have it harder than others. But let's be candid in saying that that means we could take action and be constructive by taking the action because the reality is an ounce of action will always weigh more than a ton of intentions. It's not about what we intend to do. It's about how we execute. Let's go out there and execute. 
And you know what you said before, follow the best. So I'm going to try to steal from you if you don't mind. What have you been doing with the extra time? Because I know you do a lot of your events are in person. I'm assuming you also use technology now like everyone else, but I'm sure you have some little extra time. How have you been using that time? Yeah, so I, I've, I've taken advantage of the time in this way. In the beginning, uh, when the pandemic just hit, I'm used to being out and being amongst people. That's where I'm really in my in my live zone, right? Just being out. Um, and during the time, what I had to do is take the time to reflect, right? To reflect and to and to restructure how I did things, right? Um, so so I use the time in the beginning just to really rest, relax, and kind of reflect on all what I was doing. Because what I found, Dominic, at the time is that I was so busy running, I was so busy doing, and I was accomplishing a lot, and it was great. But there were some processes that I could have made easier, some things I could have done better, some things I could have done easier, and more people I could have trained so that I didn't have to run out there as much. So I used the time to really restructure, kind of replan what I needed to do, you know, with the business and stuff like that. Now we're doing a lot of things virtually. The great thing is, is that we had a lot of our stuff online, um, you know, even before the pandemic hit. So it just was easier to transition. But more importantly, what it allowed me to do, Dominic, it allowed me to spend more time with my daughter, right? Um, and, and, you know, my daughter, you know, she's in, she's six years old. She's in the first grade now. And, and, and I, I knew it before how important it was to spend time with your family. But me now being with my daughter, doing these Zoom calls, with her helping her you know with her schoolwork has allowed me to bridge a better relationship with her as well so really this time has been used to reflect but then also to restructure uh, various areas of my life it doesn't mean that everything is perfect because i still you know feel like i fell off in certain areas i wasn't going out as much and during that time i gained i gained some pandemic weight right um and because because i wasn't working out as much and that did happen uh and i'm not trying to make it seem like everything is perfect with me and everything you know there's no problems and have all the answers but i did use that time to kind of reflect restructure and i fell off in some areas but in other areas i got better and that's an important lesson for life in general you know i often tell people every day we're trying to work towards making progress and every day we're going to fail at something something we're not going to do is good but the key is not to fail at the same thing every day so today I may not have done too good when it comes to my health and lifting weights and working out, but I might have spent more time with my family. And tomorrow it might be that I didn't do that much time with family while we were home, but I did more business. Every day I'm going to fail at something, but I'm not going to fail at the same thing every day. And that's a perspective that I really took on during this pandemic. You know, if you don't mind me making a couple of comments here, number one, your daughter's gorgeous. Uh, I envy you so much. My kids are older. <laughs> I wish I could have someone, you know, that age again with that squeaky voice, you know, daddy, daddy. I mean, that, yes. I envy you in, in that sense. I mean, God bless you and her, of course, and your wife, of course. Number two, I, I know some of your staff and some of the people that work on your team. Uh, you know, we mentioned Dr. Wright. You know, I know some other uh, uh, gentlemen and, and that work for you, but there's only one Sherman Brown. So it, it's going to be impossible to train someone to be you, but I know you're going to do a good job to actually have them carry on your message. Uh, Sherman. What should be the takeaway from this conversation we had tonight? Yeah, so the takeaway should be, you know, where we start, right? Where we started. Um, and that's when you ask about what's a common theme amongst everyone. The common theme for everyone and what they should take away from, from this conversation is that progress is possible. 
progress is possible. It's possible every step of the way. Every day you get up, you could do a little better. No, you don't have to do, you don't have to be the best right now, but you could get better. And when you get better and you're better today than you were yesterday, that's making progress and it makes you feel alive. Progress is possible in what I call the F7 in your faith, your family, your fitness, your finances, your fun, your friends, and your fulfillment. Progress is possible in every one of those areas. And if you get up every day, I guarantee you, you will stress less. You would stress way less if you say, I'm going to focus on progress, just taking it one step at a time. And I think that if we listen to this message tonight and anybody who listens to the replay or any of those things later on, that they remember that progress is possible. I don't need to be perfect. I just need to make progress. And if I could just say these words from a gentleman by the name of Dr. Benjamin Elijah Mays, who said it best when he said that your life could be summed up in a minute. He said that in life, we only have a minute with only 60 seconds in it. It's forced upon us. Can't refuse it. Didn't seek it and didn't choose it. But it's up to us to use it. We will suffer if we lose it. Give an account if we abuse it. In life, we all have nothing but a tiny little minute. But an eternity is in it. And I think everybody should leave here tonight saying, I have this minute on earth. And I'm going to use that minute to consistently make progress. Uh, Sherman, I, I'm the first one that leaves so inspired for every time I hear you and listen to you. And even our private conversations, I mean, you, you are definitely, uh, you know, your, your mission and you is the perfect fit. Thank you very much for all these words. But before we go, I just want to do one thing because we didn't mention any of all this. Can you tell us how can people find out more about you and the great things you do and your organization and your programs? Give us a little, uh, you know, social media handles. Give us your website. Give us everything. Absolutely. So if you want to find me, you could find me at Sherman Brown. That's Brown with an E at the end. Let's be clear about that. Sherman Brown, Brown with an E at the end. You could go to ShermanBrown.com, um, and that's my website where you'll have access to everything Sherman Brown. You could also find me on all social media outlets with the same at Sherman Brown. You'll find me there. If you want to learn more about AIM High, meaning the Empowerment Institute, um, that organization that we run, uh, you could go to www.aimhighei.org, and there you'll see everything about the Institute. Um, and yeah, come and connect with us. You know, we also have courses around, um, and you'll find it on the website, courses for personal development, uh, for folks who want to, you know, build a business or, or to streamline and expedite or grow or transition in their career. Um, we have classes for that as well. And then for those who are interested in speaking, doing what I do, where I get to travel and, uh, now do it virtually. Um, to speak to different audiences. We provide trainings on how to get paid to speak. Um, we believe everybody has a story that they could share. So if you go to shermanbrown.com, you will find all of those courses. You'll find all that information, get connected to the Institute. And we also have trainings for educators. So we want to make sure that educators are, are more equipped to engage, educate, and empower their students. And we have what we call the Aim High Epic Impact Training for Educators. So all of that could be found, shermanbrown.com, brown with an E at the end, and then at Sherman Brown on all social media, media handles. You know, I, I have to just uh, mention this as well. I, I just can't let you go, Sherman. You know, you mentioned <laughs> how, how you are now offering these courses for public speaking. Uh, there was one night a couple of years ago, I think, uh, I invited you down to our Toastmasters section. Uh, yes. you know, and this is a club where, you know, we stand there and we give speeches and we try to, you know, talk in front of audiences and, you know, me, no, I was probably less wheel on the cart, but we had so many great, uh, you know, uh, speakers there. When you came there, 
everyone was in awe. I mean, everybody's jaw was on the floor, and and, and it was you know, in, in a positive way. It was more like a show with real hardcore information that everybody was taking in, and uh, that's one of the nights that I'll never forget, though. So, yeah, that's great that you did that because I think a lot of people can learn a lot from uh, the way you deliver your uh, speeches and how, how heartfelt they are, you know? True, because... Yeah, yeah. And, and Dominic, man, I got to tell you this. I got to say it publicly. I always tell you it privately. You are a brother like no other man. And um, from the moment we've connected, and guys, I just want everybody who's listening to this. Me and Dominic connected years ago. I was speaking at an event, uh, the Jeter's Leaders event. And I remember we met at that one moment. And this brother stayed connected. Talk about taking initiative. He reached out to me. He said, look, let's stay connected. I hope for us to do more together. And it's been some years now. Um, and he's gotten me connected to so many things, Toastmasters, you know, uh, you know, with schools, different things. And, and again, it's because he has such a great heart and man, Dominic, I just have to tell you publicly, I thank you. I told you this the other day, when it comes to loyalty, you are that when it comes to commitment and, and, and just somebody who has real character, you are that. And that's why when you told me, you know, you're doing this podcast, I was like, look, I'm ready to rock and roll, ready to get on. I think people need to know more about what you're doing, know more about clutch recruits. And they will know because together we're going to tell that story and together we're going to do it and people will see it. Aim high clutch recruits, clutch recruits aim high and we just keep on building and keep on moving. So thank you for being you, brother. You are a brother like no other and I appreciate you. Hey, Sherman, thank you so much. You know, I have to I have to add one more thing. I mean, people are not going to want to let, let go here, but you mentioned the Jeter's leaders, right? Personally, I owe the Jeter family, Derek Jeter, Charlie Jeter, her staff, uh, you know, Simona, Betty at the time, so much appreciation for what they did because my son went through the program. And believe it or not, just like I mentioned before, uh, you being one of the inspirations for Clutch Recruits, uh, their program, the Jeter's Leaders program, uh, was definitely a major, major inspiration. The four years that my son went through that program had given him so much. I mean, you know, so all I wanted to do is give back and give the opportunity to other uh, young men and women to afford some type of the same opportunity. You know, we don't, we're not as big as them, but whatever we can do, we're trying to do for these young men and women to get them into a good college, uh, play the sport of their dreams, and hopefully, you know, live a happy life, and hopefully they'll give back too. So that's that's definitely what we're trying to do here, Sherman. So thank you Absolutely. again for saying that. Sherman, thank you very much. Thank you very much for your time. Um, say hello to everyone at home. A big hug to your beautiful little girl, and I hope we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Sherman. Thank you very much to Sherman Brown, always leaving us with words of wisdom and inspiration. If you would like to find out more about ClutchCast, please visit us at www.clutchcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at ClutchCast Podcast and on Twitter at ClutchCastBC. ClutchCast is brought to you by Clutch Recruits. If you'd like to find out more about Clutch Recruits and how we can help you with your college recruiting process, please visit us at www.clutchrecruits.com or call us at 929-732-7840. Thank you very much for listening to the next episode.